Okay, welcome back to the show. And I've got a special guest on the show today, a man that you may have seen on the screens of AW Dark and NXT, Tamillion Vinish. How are you doing today, man? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, 6.30 in United States of America. Yeah, and it's 11.36 over here in Ireland. But uh, pleasure to talk to you today, man. I've seen you on a few podcasts recently. And the thing I like about your interviews is like, You've got a nice little setup there, very clear, very nice, very concise. And you don't bullshit. You just tell the truth and you just given your experiences in the business, how they are, what they've been. And I can only respect that, you know. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So let's rewind back. Yeah. When did you decide, man, that you were going to be a professional wrestler? Oh, man. Oh, um. That's an, oh, well, actually, you know what? It's not a tough one. So, uh, you know, cricket is a sport that's very popular in India. Yeah. So, uh, even, even uh, Caribbean countries and uh, West Indies, and, and not only just India, even I believe in Ireland, uh, England, cricket is a popular sport. So, my brother yeah. and myself used to watch the World Cup. And, you know, back, back then during the World Cup, they have like big long commercials during the intervals. And it's like you just sit, sit back and watch it, watch it. So we were flipping the TV station, and uh, we ended up seeing two brothers fighting in a blue cage. I still remember it. That's Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. I believe it was SummerSlam. And I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. That's me and my brother. And I fall in love with it. And I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And um, it's tough, man. It's tough to be a professional wrestler uh, when you are in a place where there's no nothing going on. You know, there's no facilities, nothing. Uh, and then again, like, you know, my uh, uh, uncle and aunt, uh, they're always like, you know, um, come over from States. They used to bring us like cassettes and everything. So we used to watch the Ultimate Warrior of VHS tapes and um, it, it, it was great. And um, that's when I really kind of like, you know, fall in love with the sport and uh, moved to States. Uh, I was like, you know, way before uh, I became a teenager <laughs> officially. Yeah. And again, at that time, I wanted to uh, be a pro wrestler. And again, my family were like, uh, no, it's not going to work. You know? But um, um, yeah, man, I always, always wanted, you know. So um, then back in uh, 2012, 2013, at that period of time, I uh, got an opportunity to meet uh, WWE Hall of Famer uh, Johnny Rotz. Um, and rest is history. Yeah. If you talk about wrestling in India, it's kind of got bigger over time, hasn't it? I, I really don't know because I haven't really uh, noticed anything big happening apart from CWE, which is uh, owned by the great Kali, WWE Hall of Famer, uh, great Kali. He's been doing great. He's been doing shows. But at the same time, the, uh, I heard there's some other promotions out there. I think Russell Square or something. But um, great Kali always draw big crowd. And uh, wrestling always been uh, famous and popular, but the problem is, um, you know, one U.S. dollar is seventy some rupees in India. So that means yeah. if you have one dollar, you can have a decent breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's a big amount of money. So when these bigger uh, promotions goes to India, people can't afford it. So right. they watch it, they support it online. But uh, it's really hard to afford for a lot of people. And in India, I believe wrestling is uh, is decent. It's big. But it's not really popular as cricket or uh, soccer, uh, football. Uh, but people watch wrestling here and there. Did you ever get to meet Mr. Kali? Um, no, never. No, because he's like, I think he kind of helped kind of transcend wrestling again. Like, is he a pretty big... I, I'll give you an example. I used to work in Dublin in uh, in retail, in grocery stores with a couple of guys from India. They used to bring me over to their house and make some fine Indian cuisine, chicken and rice and different things like that. And they didn't know anything about wrestling, <laughs> but they knew who the great Kali was. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's the thing, man, because um, just like Canada, people don't watch wrestling, but everybody knows who Breath of Hitman Hart is. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, and also another funny thing is when I was in Mexico, I was invited by CML. So I went there talking to the one of the managers and uh, without knowing, I, I, I said something stupid. I said, 
I think I'm the first South Indian, South Asian in, in your company going to do this. And the lady simply said, I don't think so. Mr. Uh, Giant Singh was here. I was like, Giant Singh? Who was that? Then she showed me the picture of Greg Kali. I had no clue Greg Kali actually wrestled in Mexico for CML. Yeah, and he wrestled wow. in. He had some really, really good matches in, I think, New Japan as well. Yeah, he he did. He did with Giant Silva as the tag team. Yeah, because a lot of people said, obviously, when he came into the wrestling, he was a big guy. I think sometimes he used to get a lot of heat from the crowd saying, "You can't wrestle" and shit like that. That he had to put. You up don't with have to wrestle guy. when you're big. That that's the thing people don't understand because you go back and watch the movie The Longest Yard, and he acted in that movie. He's a big guy, yeah. and again. This is the thing. Um, another wrestling promotion, another Indian guy who's tall, who did a standing crossbody, and everybody's like, wow, this is so cool. But the thing is, you don't have to do a crossbody. You're a seven-foot tall. He's a big giant. Give him a yeah. big boot, back elbow or something. You don't have to do any big moves like that. But again, great Kali. I believe um, the guy that he is for his size and weight he did way more than the people can do uh, things in the past. He, he, yeah. he did. He did way more. And uh, with with his best talents, even if it's a baby face, heel, he did his best. Yeah. So you did you ever get to wrestle in India then? No. No. Is that I, something I was that invited is, yeah. so many times? But um, no, man. It's just uh, see. I um, how do I say this? Um, I I don't want to wrestle uh, with somebody who copy uh, what Roman Reigns does is on TV. I don't want to wrestle with somebody who copy uh, Dolph Ziggler does is on TV. So uh, for me, uh, don't misunderstand me. There's so many guys. I'm sure, like you know, they're coming up with uh, their own things, their own moves, their signature stuffs. But from what I've seen. There's some guys that I really wanted to wrestle with. There's one guy I, I can name Jay Jackson. Uh, he he's also another Tamilian wrestler. Uh, he, he's coming up with the new innovative things. And um, th there's there's other couple of guys out there. I definitely like to wrestle. But uh, when the right time arrives, definitely I'm sure it will happen. But I haven't got a chance to wrestle there. Yeah, talk to me about the Tamilian aspect of your name and heritage and what that means for people that mightn't be aware of it. <clears throat> Tamil is... Uh, one of the oldest spoken languages in the world. So a lot of people think that Sanskrit, actually the oldest uh, language from India. Um, well, there is a lot of arguments in there, but back in 2014, I believe in Indonesia, they found the transcripts of Tamil, um, which was like more than uh, uh, 10 or 15,000 years old. So, and uh, Tamil is one of the oldest languages and uh, people who speak Tamil, um, it, it represents one of the oldest culture. Uh, if you look at Malaysia, um, second official language is Tamil. Sri Lanka, official language is Tamil. Singapore, again, second or third language is Tamil. So uh, that is the culture. Uh, the language and the language is, is the culture. It's one of the oldest spoken languages and oldest, uh, one of the oldest civilizations in the world. Not a lot of people knows about this. They knows about um, gas station, grocery store, Slumdog Millionaire, Chicken Tikka Masala, <laughs> but uh, they don't know anything else apart from that. Yeah. So there, there, there's another uh, big histories out there, and this is what people don't understand. Um, Britishers left India back in 1947. Um, since then, still English is the official language in India. It's because there are more languages, multiple languages, and every state is a different language. It's not different accent or anything like that. Different language, different culture. It's hard to combine this all together. And uh, it's tough. What I speak, I don't think people from North India can speak. And uh, people from Punjab, they cannot speak my language. And again, the only one language that connects everybody is, is English. And and Tamil, again, it's, it's one of the oldest uh, and richest uh, culture and civilization. Excuse me, I really apologize for that. Yeah, no problem. Can you talk to me about like wrestling in America and kind of having to pay your dues and being on the road? Like, how long have you been wrestling in America now? We'll say. I'll say uh, ever since you step in the ring, ever since you take your first bump, you're wrestling. 
and your training. Two things. It's 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 the same thing. Uh, just like John Cena said once, training and learn learning learning process never ends. So um, again, to 2013, paying your dues, you will get booked, but you won't get money. You won't get paid. Mm -hmm. And you travel, you uh, set up the ring, promoter gives you the flyers, the posters, you go to the supermarket, you go to the Walmart parking lot, you go to the Giant Eagle parking lot, you go to the Kroger parking lot, you slide these, uh, these, these flyers uh, underneath the wiper blades, and yeah. uh, you stand in there, you hand it over, and sometimes people call cops on you, and uh, things like this happens, but you sell tickets. And that's that's how you uh, pay the dues. Like, and you show up early as possible. You uh, help other boys uh, to set up the ring, and you wait till everybody leave the building. You tear down. You help it help to tear down the ring. You clean everything, clean the toilets, clean the seats. Make sure every uh, trash, garbage, everything has been taken care. Of. Make sure we get the building back again. So um, these all paying the dues. Then you travel with the boys. You go to different states, different cities. Uh, again, uh, you might get paid sometimes. You won't. And then you get hurt. Sometimes people will stiff at you. Sometimes people shoot on you. Um, yeah. It may be a lack of training, maybe a lack of hatred. I don't know, because of the hatred. And uh, you learn. Every time you go out there, you wrestle with different people with a different style, and you learn and you improve. Then when you get an opportunity to do um, – seminars like you know i i drove 30 35 hours to meet breath eight man heart um to calgary alberta canada and uh i i did um i drove to minneapolis minnesota from pittsburgh to do a christopher daniels seminar in a ken anderson's wrestling school in 2015 2016 and uh then you learn you you do tryout i did a tryout with the wrestle one in new york and uh kasayashi was there and I uh, got an opportunity to um, uh, go to Japan. And again, you get an opportunity to learn something. You take it. And again, yeah. I got a chance to uh, train under Katsuyori Shibata-san uh, from New Japan. So um, it's been a great ride, great journey. Um, just like in any other profession and in their job, there are good things and there are bad things. And I, I love professional wrestling. I wanted to learn as much as possible. I wanted to change the perspective uh, about the um, Indian culture, Tamilian culture. I, I don't really care about the Indian culture. I care about the Tamil culture. That's what I'm representing. And uh, apart from Jinder Mahal, apart from Greg Kali, uh, apart from Tiger Ali Singh, Gama Singh, there are other peoples. I mean, come on. Um, uh, I'm coming from a second largest populated country. There, there's, there's more stories out there to tell. So uh, I wanted to wrestle different. I wanted to uh, uh, show the world that I am a better talent than anyone came before me. That's my goal. And obviously, like, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be different turns and different parts here and there. And you feel like you're getting to your destination, but you're not there maybe yet. Yeah, and, and, and you know what, man, just, just like, you know, movies, just like entertainment media, um, the politics is there, and you need to know the right people to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I did a WWE tryout in 2021, and um, I got an opportunity to uh, uh, do AW Dark, and at that time, it was, was, it was a great opportunity, you know. And there are a lot of things has been said to me, and none of uh, none of these things really uh, happen. Uh, but again, you have to know people. You have to kiss their asses to make it somewhere when it comes to uh, professional wrestling in, in general. And, of course, a lot of people won't come out and say it because they're afraid of yeah. their spot. They don't want to burn the bridges. They don't uh, want, want heat, you know. And there's still a lot of guys and girls out there hoping that, Someday they get that call. Someday they get that yeah. email. You don't seem like the type of guy to me from watching like your interviews that you're willing to kiss ass to get to where you want to be. Like you want to just. I did it, man. I did it for a whole year. In uh, in NXT, was it? No, no, no. That was for uh, AEW. It's actually uh, the, the funny part Dark. is I never kissed any WWE uh, guys' asses. They always invited me back, and uh, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I remember. Um, the guy who invited me, 
um, for SmackDown. Uh, well, we talk on the phone and sometimes. So he said, Adam uh, asked about you. And I was like, what? Which Adam? He said, Edge. Edge was asking about you. Like, you know, I was that guy. You know, I haven't seen him. I was like, yeah. So apparently I have some uh, good reputation somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they keep calling me. They keep inviting me. So I never kiss anyone's asses in that company because I don't have to. I'm listen, man. I'm 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 nobody, right? Nobody knows who I am unless you just Google it. Of course, all these bad negative things will pop up. But apart from that, nobody knows who I am. And whenever I get invited, they treat me like I'm a star. And yeah. um, you know, and the other side, of course, kissing asses was there. Uh I still remember, oh, Vinish, this is what we're going to offer you. First year, 50,000. Second year, 70,000. Third year, 90,000. And then a month or two later, uh, okay, how about 35,000 is okay per year? I was like, yeah, anything is fine. I just want to wrestle. And then a couple of months later, how about $500 per week? You just come down here and train. Is that okay? I was like, yeah, no problem. And I'm sorry, man. I don't think you can come back because um, you have a heat because you overstayed. Yeah, this is the AEW thing, and for people that don't know, I've I've seen the story, but just kind of to to summarize it, you have supposedly heat in AEW for something that you really have no idea what it's about. Yeah, man, it's just like like I said. Um, let me tell you something about Tony Khan, one of the nicest person that I ever met. He reminded me of uh, Mike Tenay from uh, WCW and uh, Impact Wrestling. Um, the level the level of knowledge that he have about wrestling is insane because I remember uh, we were talking about uh, who was wrestling on the first on the card, who was the commentators and where was the venue and what TV station it was going on. He kind of like know everything. Yeah. And, and you know, Mike Tine, Mike Tine was the Wikipedia of professional wrestling way before internet was a thing because he knew about everybody. So I never had any uh, bad vibe from him. And, uh, and and again, um, I was contacted. I mean, I, I'll um, refresh it. Actually, you know, I approached one person, and uh, that person gave me an idea. Hey, uh, why don't you reach out to uh, AW? This is like right after my WWE tryout, where uh, being told like you know don't post anything on social media. We kind of like you know making a transition because we have to um, let some people go because of the budget cut and everything like that. So I kind of like, you know, I uh, didn't contact anybody. There's a lot of people where posting things like, you know, hey, I did the WWE tryout, this and that. I didn't post anything anywhere. I contacted QT Marshall from uh, AEW. He invited me there. And uh, we did a five-minute match. Um, and after that, we had this conversation. Hey, man, okay, this is what's going to happen. Uh, this is what we can offer you. Then uh, he said, Tony Khan wants you to come to AEW. That's when I, after my first match, Tony Khan met me and we had a great conversation. And uh, we stayed in a hotel, in Marriott Hotel. And this is one of those times, again, like I mentioned about this in Brandon Dupree's podcast. It's like, you know, during the uh, pandemic, uh, we didn't have any uh, fans. And it was just wrestlers as being fans. And yep. um, we've been doing tapings, like, you know, Dark, Elevation, whatever, um, Dynamite, um, for I think three, four, five episodes or something like that. So we started the shoot like 12, 1 o'clock afternoon, and it ends next day, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and we come home, and we come hotel, and uh, we just chill, hang out, and relax. And, uh, again, some of these guys came to me, talked to me. They were drunk, guys like John Moxley, uh, Rocky Romero, Excalibur, and uh, – and, and again, it was sort of situation. I'm getting a text. Hey, dude, don't overstay. It's like, you know, already 4, 35 o'clock. It's okay. I don't want any heat. Next day, I apologized to the dude. And it was like, everything is okay, good. And a week or two later, he buried me in front of his students, in, in front of 100 plus people. I like, again, like I said, you could have done this personally, you know, um, privately. Um, but then again, everything is good. And um, then I'm... Uh, I've been told that they have plans for India. They were looking for six, seven Indian guys so that we can do some shows for India. You're good. You speak the languages, and we have plans for you, possible contract for you. Um, you know, maybe a commentary for India, for AW Dark, whatever. 
Yep. And it changed to uh, then again, it's changed. And one day uh, I'm working out. He shows up and he asked me, hey, what about 30? Uh, how about 35K per year? Is that OK? I was like, yeah, fantastic. Perfect. I'm, and I, at this point, even if it's 10 grand per year, I don't care. I just want to wrestle, you know. And uh, and I've been asking him like, you know, OK. And he'd been kind of like, you know, making fun of me and uh, playing around. Because I was asking, and and also like you know uh, if there is anything that I, want, I have to do, if I have to improve my look, whatever. And so the guy suggested I'll have to uh, come up with a gear that uh, very similar to Jinder Mahal, which I completely against the idea because Jinder yeah. is a wrestler wrestling WWE. Why would I need to look like him in somewhere else? You know, my thing is entirely different. But I, you know what? I, I don't care. Like, you know, I came up with a couple of singlets. I sent him the pictures. I sent him the photos. And he he selected one of those uh, singlets. And I, and, um, I ended up making it. Um, then he said, I have to look like a wrestler. Again, <laughs> a real wrestler. Not like a Marco Stun Jungle Boy kind of look like a wrestler. Like real yeah, wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Got to gain some muscles and... Again, I'm doing all that, and I'm and and again, uh, then I remember how about $500 per week just to come here and train. I was like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, anything is fine. Just want to wrestle, right? Give him all the respect of the world and everything, dude. And 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 again, at the end of the day, I remember one day, um, and it was keep going on back and forth, back and forth. There was no uh, proper response, and I even asked him, is it my wrestling style? Do you want me to go and join in a gymnastic? And uh, learn all these gymnastics, acrobatic moves. And it's like, no, your wrestling style is fine. Everything is good. And nothing happened, man. And uh, back and forth, back and forth. It was, it, it was bad. It was, it was really bad. And uh, and I asked him, like, I just, I would appreciate if you can give me a, a straightforward answer. Um, and he said, I don't think you will ever come back. I don't think you will ever, ever uh, get a contract because you have heat. And I asked him what kind of heat. He said, you overstayed. That's, it just doesn't fucking make sense to me, to be honest Queen, with you. Queen passed away. We had tsunamis. We have earthquakes. We have wars going on. But guess what? You overstayed and you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agreed with one thing that you said about the AEW dark matches. Now I've seen people from Europe come over for these dark matches as well, and it seems to be the wrestlers that AEW can't fit on the card. They'll put on dark against like maybe unknown independents over in the states, and they'll just squash them. You know, guys that they can't fit on the main card, they'll just make them look good. They'll bring over a few independents. Five minute match done. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, um, Lance Archer, he was the Bill Goldberg of uh, AEW. Uh, he was squashing guys under two minutes and three minutes for like two years constantly. And, yeah. uh, and uh, then on the mainstream, uh, on Dynamite, I believe, uh, he worked with um, Miro and he passed out or tap out. Um, if, if that's what you want to do, then why would you book him as an undefeated monster for two years. Yeah, and he was in one of your dark match tag matches, wasn't he, with uh, Cole Cabana, wasn't it? Those two guys against you and... Um, that was Cole Cabana and Evil Uno. Oh, Evil Uno, that was, yeah. yeah. Uh, myself and uh, one of the uh, students um, from the Nightmare Factory. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and again, it's just... Like, like I said, man, this, this is the way I see it. I'm not a big TV mark. I've been on television. I've acted in movies. I acted in television shows. Uh, in fact, I even acted in a TV show called Heels on a season two. Oh yeah. I've been. I'm kind of like you know being in front of the camera a, a lot, and um, uh, since I was a kid, so this is not a new thing to me. And there's a lot of people. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, young wrestlers, male and female. Once they train for six months, they think that they're ready. And this business owe them something and they can just go out there and somehow they get squashed on AEW Dark and they think that they made it. It's mm -hmm. a big deal. They 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 was like, oh well, I made it. Yeah, but you There's... just got squashed under two minutes or five minutes. And then the funny part is I remember my uh second match uh with the acclaimed, and uh I was booked in New York and the, and the promoter looked up the match 
And I give him the references, like, you know, I worked in uh, AEW, so-and-so-and-so. So he asked me, can you send me the link, which I did it. So <laughs> within 10 minutes, he got back to me, dude, these guys are beating the crap out of you. Yeah. And uh, I don't mind booking you, but I don't think I can pay you the money that you're asking for. Maybe I can give you like five minutes or something with one of our champion. And you, of, of course, you got to put him over. And I was like, look at the reputation that, that I just gained. Yeah. Dark. I understand, right? And I, I'm not going to mention this person's name, but I'll just say that there's a very popular wrestler over here in Ireland. And this person has been on AEW Dark twice. And we're all kind of very excited to stay up. It's over, it's on late over here. We stay up and watch it late. So it's on about 3 4 a.m. And the both times that this wrestler was sent over there, gone within like three minutes. Yeah, it's been happening from 20. I, I believe when, when they started, it was a little bit special. They give some sort of uh, highlight spots here and there for indie guys. Mm -hmm. But then after that, it's all changed from 2020, 2021. It was just 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 squash matches. And um, and again, 50 states, more than 1,000 promotions, more than 100 plus 1,000 wrestlers. Yeah. And you're getting squashed under five minutes. How in the world are you going to show your talent? There was one. There was one good thing that they've done for wrestling over here recently. Uh, Pack, he's got that belt that he can bring around Europe and defend it. And he brought it to Dublin. They've done a show there with a up and coming Irish wrestler called LJ Cleary. Obviously, he didn't win the match, but they had a very solid like twenty five minute match, and it kind of put another Irish wrestler on the map over there. They showed that on Dark. Um, it was actually filmed in Dublin for OTT Wrestling. So that's maybe a better avenue for them to go down rather than flying guys over to the States and getting them squashed in five minutes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because if you look at guys like A.R. Fox, who uh, did magic in Lucha Underground, um, then uh, Spiral is another independent professional wrestler from Georgia. Um, great talent, um, very good technician. Then, uh, again, Shane Mercer, he's also another guy, insane, insanely talented. Jason Kincaid, I don't know if you heard about him. He's another yeah. guy. Um, the Flip Gordon. There's so many names. There's so many talented guys. Why they're not getting the opportunity? Mm -hmm. It's just politics. It's just th those guys that I've mentioned, they're not friends with any of the bigger names. That's why they're not getting opportunities. And um, somebody told me this. It was very interesting. You know how to get a contract with AEW. You have to get hired by WWE and then get released. Then WWE <laughs> will give you a contract. Yeah, it's it seems to me, man, from from looking on the the outside in, that they just have they have too many people now in the roster for such a small promotion. I think, and they're struggling to fit everyone on, and that's when the dark stuff comes into it as well um did you have any positive experiences there i'm going to ask you about a guy that i really like and respect and i don't know if you've had any interaction yeah, no, no, no. before that i just just wanted to say well, yeah. one more thing it's like you know the, yeah. you know all these internet blogs and articles i believe yeah. it was msn or yahoo i don't remember but they said aw signed more than um 200 or 300 uh wrestlers out of 300 wrestlers uh there's only less than 50 on tv on a regular basis most of them, they're just sitting back at home and uh, having snacks, drinking beer, just uh, chilling, enjoying the life. And same with the AW Dark from 2019 to 2022. I'm sure more than three or 500 wrestlers showed up. And how many guys and girls got contract? I'm sure well, less than five. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, like, you hear all this stuff about backstage AW and all that shit that happened a few weeks ago with CM Punk and all that. And we don't need to get into that. That's been addressed enough. Did you ever have any interactions with Chris Jericho? Because he seems like a guy that can kind of, he hasn't really got publicly involved in all this stuff, but he seems like a kind of a guy that could maybe hold things together um, for them, I guess. Uh, back in 2016, when I met him, I think he was doing a storyline with Kevin. Um, the, the the best friends things list, so yeah, i I, I met him uh when he when he had a short hair um in 2016 in pittsburgh pennsylvania uh he was amazing amazing to me maybe i was uh paying hundred dollars uh <laughs> to see him and uh take a picture with him i don't know what it was uh i shook his hand and uh 
uh, asked me to sit next to him and uh, he started asking me questions like, hey, man, dude, where are you from? Okay, cool. And now he have this long line of thousand people and he's spending five to ten minutes with me right there as a fan. Right. And I was yeah. like, wow, this guy's so cool. Here's later. Here I am going to AEW and Chris Jericho is in the back. And uh, I uh, approached him, you know, I make sure like I'm not uh, interrupting or interfering him and I'm not bothering him. I'm standing in the corner after a segment. Uh, then I approached him. I introduced myself. Uh, my name is Vinny so-and-so. And, -so, and uh, hey, nice meeting you. And I showed him the picture that I took with him uh, in 2016. Um, and he was kind of like, oh, it's so good, dude. And he's just kind of like, I mean, he, he did respond it. Nothing like punk. He just responded, but it was kind of like a cold response. And I feel like, you know, I met him as a fan. And then uh, <laughs> I met him as a worker. It's an entirely yeah. different thing. Uh, I believe um, you're an actor. Like, you know, you meet uh, Sylvester Stallone um, after watching Rocky, whatever. Uh, to promote that movie, he goes out and fans want to take pictures with him. And uh, he'll be super nice to you. And now you get an opportunity to act in the same movie or similar movie with the, this actor. Um, the experience should be different. It's definitely going to be different. It's not going to be the yeah. same way. Only uh, some few people that I met were so cool inside and outside. So that was yeah. my uh, experience with Chris. And again, nothing bad or anything like that. It was just that cold vibe. Um, it was, it was again, like I said, you don't know me, and uh, for him, I'm kind of like a mark <laughs> approaching it, <laughs> showing him the old photo. And but hey, yeah, he, uh, he was one of my heroes, man. That dude is just like, uh, he's he's a machine, like, he's touring with his band, he's fucking wrestling, he's doing podcasts, and he's in movies coming out left, right, and center. Madness. Did you ever get to work, um? Or talk hands on with Triple H when you were there in WWE, and what do you make of what do you make of uh, him? I guess going forward now with the company, if you want to believe that, you know, there's still kind of question marks over it. But I'd say Vince is not never really going to be gone, gone. But obviously, Triple H does seem to be getting a bit of power there now. I uh, met him uh, right after my tryout, <clears throat> my uh, uh, second or third day, I believe it was in second day. Uh, packed my bags and everything. And I, I saw him walking with Canyon Seaman wearing that uh, black T-shirt and black pants. And I, I really wanted to talk to him, meet him. But, uh, again, only at the right time and the right place, you know, you do all these things. But I never got a chance to talk to him. But uh, I got a chance to talk to Vince McMahon. Oh, and, love to hear about uh, it. Yeah, I, uh, this was a couple of months ago uh, in Greensboro, Nor uh, North Carolina, Coliseum. This was one of his uh, last Raws, and uh, I was in the back doing extra work. And uh, right after the main event, his limousine uh, came in there. He had a bodyguard. He came out. So I don't know. I, I was in the state of mind. Today's the night. Tonight is the night. Uh, the man who created this amazing world. Uh, I'm going to say hi to him. And... And I'm, I'm looking around, nobody, everybody's so scared. People are really scared and afraid to approach him. And me, I'm just like, even if it's going to be my last night, okay, fuck it, I don't give a shit. I'm going to say hi to Vince McMahon. I did said hi, hello, sir, how you doing? And he was like, oh, what's going on, kid? What's your name? And I was like, my name is Vinish. And uh, he asked me where I'm from and if I was uh, having fun. And, uh, and again, he said, nice meeting you, shook my hand. And he... Uh, Walked away, and uh, that was that was that was amazing. That was one of the uh, greatest and best things ever happened. And again, this is not just as a, a fan who grew up watching WWE. Finally, met the guy who created WWE. It's something like you you got a chance to meet Walt Disney because yep. you grew up watching and playing around the Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and all these cartoons. And finally, you did got an opportunity to meet the creator. That was that feeling. And, man, I was like, God almighty. He didn't even have to say anything, but he did it. And uh, for your question, um, I believe WWE uh, right now, it's more entertaining. Yeah. Uh, their ratings are going up, especially Triple H doing a fantastic job. 
and great job. And a very fun fact about it right now, years ago, I believe in 2005 or six, uh, there were rivalries going between the McMahons and DX. And DX, they kind of did a lot of segments. And one of the segments were they were taking over WWE production crew and everything. Um, years later, it's right now, 2022, it happened. Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they're pretty much kind of like in charge of WWE, doing great things. And um, um, and I believe, like I said, like, you know, the talents that I met in the back, like Sheamus, Finn Balor, Becky Lynch, uh, Rhea Ripley, everybody, and very humble, very professional. They're so happy. Even Kevin Owens, it's just like, this, I met him right after the mania where he had the match with Stone Cold. And again, oh, it's that just, was great. Yeah, right. And everybody's yeah. super awesome. There's, I can't say anything bad about anyone in there. Yeah, it seems to be like, um, or what it was an internet probably thing that everyone is unhappy there and they want to go to AEW. But now we've <laughs> seen like that the grass isn't greener on the other side. Obviously, Cody coming back was a huge thing as well, wasn't it? I told him I give him a hug and he said, Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Okay, you were you were in AEW, were you, when Cody was leaving? Uh, I saw him in AEW. So um, I met him at AEW. No, I met him at uh, the Nightmare Factory first time. I went yeah. to meet uh, QT uh, Marshall, and he wasn't there. Cody was there. So I introduced myself, and I talked a little bit to him. And uh, then we met here and there. And I remember one time in the back, Cody came to me and uh, shook my hand. <laughs> he kind of like in a funny way. He's like, Vinish! said it loud. Um, but then, you know, uh, I had that positive vibe with him. Then uh, a year or something later when I ended up doing uh, extra work. And also before Mania, I was doing extra work for NXT, SmackDown, Raw. And I uh, got a chance to do, uh, I believe it was Raw. And I saw him and uh, shook his hand and I told him, um, I'm so happy to see you here. This is where you really belong. And he hugged me and he said, it means a lot to me, brother. Thank you. Yeah, I think he was always going to go full circle. And he's going to get that that title on him eventually, I think. You know, him and Roman Reigns seems to be the way things are going to go for a big, big match. I, I hope so, man. Again, like I said, um, from what I've seen, okay, from what I've seen from AEW, a bunch of people running the asylum. It's just like nothing was organized. It, it, everything is all over the place. Uh, people are not happy. People, they stare at you, like give you the mean look. It's only a few people are happy. There's just a few people are very friendly. Uh, yeah, it, it was just that bad white man. It was, it was again, um, you, you're doing something for the fans, and if you're doing from the heart, you should be happy. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, like because, you yeah, because it's just most of the people that I met. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of nice guys out there too. I mean, there was cool guys that I met. Uh, I still this still to this day I talk to Brian Cage. He's one of the nicest dude I ever met. Coolest, humble, down to the earth, very helpful, friendly, helped me a lot, gave me a lot of advice. Uh, he's one of the nicest guys that I still don't talk to and test with. Um, n- nice guy. And there's just a few nice guys out there, like, you know, Matt Seidel, Mike Seidel. Um, who's the guy that walks around with Sting? Uh, Darby Allen. Darby Allen. He's, he's, he's another guy. Great dude. Great attitude. And again, this is like few people out of hundred. Um, most of them, like you know, they're on their own place. I understand. It's just like they're they're comfortable where they are. But again, like you know, when you approach, and again, you get the cold, cold response. And one incident happened with a uh, uh, pack, Adrian Neville. Um, I remember um, I was waiting outside, and he passed me, and uh, we were talking, and he was asking me where I'm from and everything. The QT came to me and uh, he called me, hey, Vinish, come inside. I was like, okay. And um, he didn't say anything. Uh, then later, uh, I was uh, waiting for the elevator and Pat came by. Hey, dude, I'm sorry. I forgot to, like, you know, I don't want you to feel like, you know, I disrespected you by walking away. I apologize. You know, the um, QT called you. That's why I couldn't really talk. Uh, so everything is okay, man. It was nice meeting you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, dude. 
So remember this. Pat came to me when I was waiting for the elevator. And uh, a week or two later, when QT was embarrassing me in front of all these hundred people, one of the things he said, a Pat came to me and said, uh, you were bothering him. And he told me, uh, keep an eye on this guy. He's trouble. I knew uh, he was lying uh, because if Pac said that, he don't have to approach me from far. He came to me when he saw me waiting for the elevator. Oh, why? And again, like I said, I've kissed his ass <laughs> to get an opportunity for a whole, whole year. And uh, again, so many people like, you know, they're bashing at me and they're, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, the people coming up saying, you're black ball, dude, uh, you burn bridges. Do I care? It seems like uh, it's just fucking drama central there, man, from, from the outside in, because like, I, I don't know anything and people that do these podcasts and normally people that and, are writing and, stuff and online, they don't thing, know. Man, it's like people are afraid. Independent professional wrestlers are afraid to come out and say it. And I tell you one more example. Um, Big Swall, when she got released, she expressed her experience through uh, Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and again, the, the the discriminations and everything. And I remember at that time, I uh, I saw uh, Tony Khan's tweet where he was saying that AEW is a very diverse uh, place to work and i did support it i tweeted a supportive tweet because i've been uh, told that i'm getting that contract right yeah so you have to make that impression so um i was selfish and uh, i didn't have the balls to support swall i didn't have the guts to say it, anything so i was a complete coward and selfish i went out there and I expressed my opinion, uh, a good opinion, right? In a publicly, a good opinion. Oh, I completely agree with Tony Khan. AW is the greatest place to be, blah, 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 blah. Why? Because I thought that it's it's better to make an impression, especially an opinion, something like that, coming from a, a South Asian, South Indian guy. So that kind of like, you know, tell the world, hey, I, I look different and I, I, and I got treated fairly. Right. It is an yep. impression that I'm trying to create by doing that. I thought that, OK, you know, anyway, they're, they're offering me contract. Of course, uh, it, it's it's an impression, uh, create an impression. So that's great. But again, nothing much happened. And again, uh, um, I, I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the balls to support Big Swall. And again, I met Big Swall in the back. She's one of the nicest, coolest girls I ever met in my life. And um um, a year later, I got a chance to meet her husband, Cedric Alexander, uh, on, yeah. a, on a Raw. And I expressed uh, my opinion and I expressed uh, my concerns with him. And I told him uh, that she's one of the coolest person I ever met. And I didn't have the guts to support her, come out publicly and say all these things. Cedric appreciated that a lot. And, and again, like I said... <sighs> Things, man, makes you do all these things like, you know, uh, like like that contract, that opportunity, AEW, big television, all these things make you do all these such a things. People stab in the back each other to get a contract. People say all these nasty things to get a contract. And and again, um, it, it's, it's just, just make you a different bad, evil person, man. I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just be one second, man. My kid is just after waking up. I'm just gonna two minutes, if even.
Sorry about that. Everyone is asleep here at the moment, so I just had to I know, give, I know, the old, I uh, give the old yeah, man, No worries, no worries. Whenever you want to, you know, uh, round up, yeah, well, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll just cut that that bit out there, and uh, we'll just continue on. Probably just another few minutes, man. Um, next thing I want to ask you is, like, day-to-day life now, where are you wrestling? What are you doing? Uh, my next wrestling show will be uh, in Phoenix, Arizona for SCW. Um, uh, that will be uh, the Saturday. Then after that, I'll be wrestling in Maine. Then uh, I got another show booked out for um, uh, in Georgia. I, I got to look at the name of the promotion. Um, and then um, I got invited back to Puerto Rico. I'll be going back and wrestling in there. Then, uh, and also uh, planning on uh, launching my own wrestling promotion. So I'm working on that. Uh, but the beginning or end of the February will be, I'll be done. I'm um, talking to a few of my friends. We are planning on launching like a, like a Lucha Underground movie style type of wrestling. The plan is to air it on uh, Amazon Prime. So anybody uh, from anywhere all over the world can actually watch it. To get an access, so uh, nothing, a big a platform for guys and girls to perform uh, and wrestle, and tell a story, uh, some something that is missing now these days. So, yeah, I think the aspect of storytelling is kind of lost in translation in professional wrestling these days, and I think that even even developing characters, I think, is lost, particularly on AEW. And I don't want to just keep bashing AEW, but it just seems like there's guys coming out. You have to talk about the bad apple, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's just people wrestling and they're coming out. They're all wearing the same gear. They're all doing the same moves. There's not enough background to it. And that's something that hopefully will change over time. But for yourself, like what is your, what is your end goal? Where are you heading towards in your life in terms of wrestling? Do you want to have your own promotion? Do you want to go back to WWE and have a proper run there? Like what is the, the goal for you? I'm 35 years old, man. I'm, I don't think WWE wants me. <laughs> uh, um, well, if I get an opportunity, of course, I'm not going to say uh, no. It's yeah. WWE. <laughs> uh, the best wrestling promotion in the world. I have nothing but love, 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 lots and lots of love and respect. Uh, all the experience that I had from there being amazing. And I still talk to people that I met uh, from the Performance Center uh, got a chance to uh, meet some nice, cool people. Pat McAfee, Matt Riddle, everybody. Been so cool, awesome, you know. And um, if you're a professional wrestler, if you have a charisma, uh, WWE is the place to be, you know. And more than 200 plus countries have viewership. They air on television. More than uh, God, hundred some million people watch WWE all over the world. Yeah. And definitely if I get an opportunity, yeah, it would be an honor. But if I don't, yeah, I'm not going to cry about it. At the end of the day, I'm still a fan. I'll still watch. And, uh, again, wrestling business, again, starting your own promotion, again, it's kind of like a gambling too. Sometimes it can be a success. Sometimes it can be a big failure. Mm-hmm. It depends how you do it. Uh, my, my goal is not to run only on one spot. I want to run the shows like in a different states, different cities, uh, create a brand. That's, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Like how game changer did GCW started as a normal, small promotion in New Jersey, New York area. And look at it right now. It's very popular. And, uh, even though it's just a goal, it's just, it's a dream. Uh, it can be, uh, it can happen. And maybe, maybe, maybe it can happen. Maybe, no, maybe a big, big failure. But, uh, yeah, you have to take risk and you have to uh, move forward with your goals. So, so far, that's my goal. I want to start my promotion. In the meantime, I'll be wrestling. I want to go back to Mexico. Um, definitely, I had fun. It's one of the best places to wrestle. Uh, amazing fans, great, great wrestlers. It's amazing. culture. It's, it's culture oh. over there. Yep, yep. Amazing, amazing. Uh, great talents. I got a chance to meet Darren uh, Dano again. It's from Ireland. One of the coolest dude I ever met. And uh, man, again, this, this amazing culture. Then again, I want to go back to Japan one more time. 
to wrestle there in Japan. And, uh, of course, definitely want to wrestle in India at least once. Yeah. And Ireland. Don't forget Ireland. I, I, oh, yeah. We... Yeah, there you go. Ireland, man. Ireland is another yeah. place. Um, Dana was telling me, like, you know, um, I definitely need to come there and uh, wrestle there. Definitely, yeah. That's also another goal. I want to come there and wrestle there for sure. That is the goal tell, so far. And do a lot tell, of podcasts. Yeah. Tell people about the Seamus story for the Irish people watching. They'll find that one good. So, uh, WWE SmackDown, I got invited. Uh, I got a chance to meet Finn Balor and I got a chance to meet uh, Seamus. So, when I saw Seamus, um, I kind of did this. Hey, uh, nice meeting you, man. And, um, you know, shook his hand. Um, he said, Hey man, don't do that. Don't do that. Keep your uh, head straight. Look up, be a man. Always, always look straight. All right. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And, uh, and it was great personality. That's what, that's what he told me. Yeah. And, I think that was, the, that was his way of, uh, I said to you, like about, there's no need to bow or there's no need to do that in front of me. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just the guy. And I told you he's like that when he comes to Ireland, he just goes to the pub and drinks pints and goes to soccer games or football games with people. And, um, I also noticed that you've got your YouTube channel now as well with various clips on from different promotions and stuff like that. So do you want to tell people what's going to be going on in your YouTube channel? You're kind of growing it at the moment as well. Yeah. So, uh, the name of my, uh, YouTube channel is, shoot and stiff wrestling podcast this is the podcast where i uh me and my uh, partner my co-host c dub we uh talk to uh, independent professional wrestlers uh, promoters bookers from all over the world all over the world people who never uh got a chance to uh make it to the big league or some people who made it to big league so it's their stories it's their experiences that's what we've been uh in a doing it in, in our podcast, uh, it's called shoot, uh, shoot and uh, stiff wrestling podcast, straight up honesty, truth, uh, no more, no bullshit. And a lot of good stories, a lot of bad stories, a lot of funny <laughs> stories, road stories. Uh, so, so much, so much, so much. And even, uh, you know, sometimes I get a chance to share my experience. Something like that happened to me with CM Punk. Uh <laughs> So, something like that, and always, always, it's it's very interesting. So uh, that is my podcast. It's definitely an entertaining podcast for sure. If you're a professional yeah. wrestler, if you're a professional wrestling fan, you will you will definitely, definitely give a sh give a shot to uh, that channel. Yeah, I'm sure I will you post. Will I I will post the links underneath this video. And all I can say, man, is thanks a million for your time today. A pleasure talking to you. We'll catch up again. I hope. Thank you, sir. Thank you.